Welcome to the afternoon nap. Welcome. I'm Alex Nap, joined by my brother, Freddy Nap, as always. This week we're doing season one, episode four of House of the Dragon, King of the Narrow Sea. This episode we're gonna dive deeper into the sexual appetites of our characters. Yeah, okay. I know, Alex, you're not about that. You're not, you're not about, about that. Whatever. I got the summary here. Damon Targaryen, King of the Narrow Sea, he's back with a crown to prove it. He's marking himself king over the Stepstones, but in the most surprising moment of the episode, in the first five minutes, Damon relinquishes his crown to Viserys as a peace offering, seemingly as a way to get back into his brother and the crown's good standings. Rhaenyra doesn't seem bothered by this at all. I mean, she even kind of looks happy to see her once estranged uncle back in King's Landing, at least until his next political debacle happens. The two go out for a night on the town. It's the owl hour, so anything could happen. No, no, no. The hour of the, the owl. The hour of the owl, so anything could happen. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out, is that, is that, wouldn't that be noon? I just think it means it's laid out and owls go to bed at no, night. No, no, no. I think that's supposed to be a specific hour. It probably I, is but, like 12 but, to 3 and so on. But, but, but that keep range. going with the description. And something almost does happen. Damon and Rhaenyra drink wine. They lubricate up the, those dragon emotions and exchange looks <laughs> at one of the King's Landing's many famous orgy parties until they almost do the deed. But Damon, at the last second, has cold feet, and he backs away. Rhaenyra, still feeling the heat of the dragon, tears away at Sir Kristen Cole's honor, sleeping with him instead. During said honor-breaking in a classical sitcom way, Otto Hightower learns that Damon and Rhaenyra bet each other. He tells the king who fires Otto, relieving him of his handly duties. In the end, Viserys has a few conversations with the family. He banishes Damon for like the third time. He recommits some trust in Rainier for the twelfth time, whatever. But the two agree that she will marry the sea snake's son. Let me just start with like this is an episode of this is like a sitcom episode right here, where something big doesn't happen, but it involves with two of our main characters. And, and, I, and, and there's all the rumors that it actually did happen. Right. Someone sees it, and they tell somebody, and people are mad, why didn't you tell me the truth? Or they kill the messenger. All this sort of classical sitcom stuff, which is the basic of any three-character situation, happens. So it actually reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of The Sopranos, where Tony is is going to sleep with Adriana, Chrissy's girlfriend. And the whole thing is, is he doesn't actually do it, but everybody assumes it happens. And the episode ends with him talking to his therapist and me and like, honestly, I got all the shit for doing it. I might as well have done it. Like, what was the, like, what was the point of me not doing it? Which I feel like is, it's not the same reaction as no, Damon. No, it's not the same. But Damon has this similar thing where he doesn't even deny it happens. He just, he tells Viserys... Hey, we ripped up the streets. Why can't she? He doesn't deny it. He's acting like it happens. Well, so this is a debate we're really going to have to have over here. I don't even know if this is going to be a debate, but this decision of, you know, why did he stop? What was the purpose behind what he was doing? Was it a mix of things? Was it A? Was Is he sexually attracted to Rainier? Was it purely a fuck you to his brother? Because this was like, this was like some sort of master plan. I didn't really think about that, but then I heard an interview with the uh, creator of the show where he said that was this whole way of him getting back okay. at him. Now, I personally no, 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 that did was, not really see that. Ryan J. Condal, on the, they have the inside of the episodes, yeah, yeah. he says he loses interest when Rhaenyra actually likes what's happening. He, when he, Whenever he loses control in the situation... He lost interest. But, but he in, also said that this is a way of getting back of, at his, get, of getting back at his brother because you know Damon always has to find the most fucked up ways of getting back. Um, also, you brought up a great point 
that, you know, uh, Sir Kristen Cole already has a relationship with Damon. They don't like each other. So I thought I found it very interesting that she decides to go to Sir Kristen Cole after Damon wouldn't be there. I will agree with the inside the episode guys there where she just he was the next guy. No, and, 100% and yeah, was the there was a, there was a basis but, of a relationship there, but she was just the next but guy. But you there. were theorizing of oh, what if what if she becomes pregnant with his kid, or what if she continues a relationship and that'll cause problems for Damon? Yeah. But one sec with Damon, it's so hard to know in that moment because he orchestrates the whole situation to, to sleep with her. Yes, and that's the goal. So is the goal to marry her, and that's why, and that. But one second, and th- and get the crown in that sort of way. And is that why he just goes with whatever Viserys is talking about? Because that would be a really good way of doing it. I'm going to sleep with her. I'm going to get the crown. I have the power. Boom. I'm going to be honest. This is my honest thought of how I interpreted it. I thought Damon, like, thought that his, uh, his, his, uh, that Rhaenyra would have been, like, a little, like, disgusted by it and wouldn't have liked it. It would have been, like, and, and, and she would have went back and told her dad. I think that was the whole thing. I think he was very freaked out in much as Ryan Con- what's his name? Ryan J. Condal. Ryan J. Condal, as much as he said. He is the like, writer of Rampage. Yeah, I know. I found it hysterical. And I'm like, he could clearly write. He could very clearly write. Rockin' a rockin' a gorilla. Yeah. yeah Why yeah. not? Um but uh it's it's just very interesting because I feel like he was he was so like, wait, she's actually into this? Wait, is she even more into this than I am? It's like he's he's so disarmed by it. And he's like, wait, shit, should we actually not do that? I mean, listen, his shame gets the better of him, right? And But listen, even even if she's against it and she tells the king, his same answer is, hey, we did this all the time. You know what would be a good situation? I'll marry her. We'll, we'll get our power. The same answer, no matter what. Well, well, also, do notice that when Otto Hightower tells him, like, you know, your daughter was caught in the brothel, he didn't care. He didn't care that, like, his daughter was in the whorehouse. He did. He was like. He had like. What of it? Yeah, he was like. What of it? He was like. Ah. It's, it's like it's not till a there was a mention of like gritting her honor or in b more importantly Damon. that it was Damon. I don't even think Viserys would care that much that uh, she even slept with a guy. It's more. It's more the fact that she got caught, and more also the fact that it's his brother and. That's kind of fucked up. And the show has also been very much like, you know, there's some things that are fucked up, you know, being with a young, with, with, a, with like a very young child, kind of fucked up. Oh, yeah. It's You're so clear. with your family member, kind of fucked no, up. No, no, no. It was clear that the show wanted to tell us that, hey, Viserys with Corliss's daughter is kind of a weird situation, but... They went into this being like, hey, this isn't weird. This stuff happens well, all the time. Well, it wasn't weird to them, but clearly Viserys is not pro his daughter marrying or being with his brother anyway. I don't think... No, this- he they they floated the mention of Rhaenyra and Aegon marrying. Yeah, and, but no, and, no, but... No, but, but he, he wasn't freaked out by that. He was just like... He, what do you mean? He no, he wasn't was freaked out. Joke. He didn't take it seriously whatsoever. He took it seriously. He. D- I would ask. I would implore you to rewatch that scene, Alex. He did not take that seriously. I don't think for a. Second. I don't think he took it seriously because he thought that that Otto was just thinking of his own best interest of having himself grandfather to the king. 
That's what I. That's the only thing he actually. No, 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 I, I don't think it was. I don't, he I don't think, think he would ever think though to like. Oh, both my siblings would marry each other. He doesn't want. I mean, uh, both my kids would marry each other. He doesn't want. No, he doesn't. He doesn't is, want that because again, these Targaryens have been in in our in the Westerosi world for a long time, and relatively long time, and they're kind of with the customs. But what you said about that is uh, when Damon and Rhaenyra they see the play together. Yeah, it's a cool little thing that Great. I. Great. I always love it in game. I always loved it in Game of Thrones when they were like. This is how the common people think of them. Well, yeah, a little bit, right? I wish that they would have had like a little bit more of like, oh, she's a woman, and we don't like it. Well, they because they, she's a woman. Well, no, no, no. Actually, what I really like, they they made a deal. They were like, oh, we actually really like her. We think though she is too frail to be. They actually made a deal. They said all these positive things about her in the play. And then they said, but. She'd be a, f- but but she'd be too meek or something. No, to, she's. To be she, they said that she doesn't have two things. One of those is not to cock. <laughs> yeah, it's as it's as simple as that. Well, she doesn't have a husband or a cock. Well, okay, yeah, there you go. But I don't know. It it's a cool thing to look at that the Targaryens kind of don't give a fuck what anybody th- cares about, and their only real goal is to solidify their power, right? Where I feel like there was an outstretched effort in the Game of Thrones to say, like, hey, there's no kingdom without a king. And Damon even tells, you know, Rhaenyra there, like, you don't know what you're talking about. You need these people to like you yeah. or you're not going to have a kingdom. And that just shows, and I think I love seeing that they're still telling us Rhaenyra's a kid still. She's so immature. Well, they're also showing us that Damon uh, knows a little bit what he's doing. Also, something we really noted in the very beginning of the yeah, episode. He, know- he doesn't know what he's doing. No, 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 but he knows... Compa- more than Rhaenyra, he has. He a has more. more. The only difference between him and Rhaenyra is life experience. Yes, it's, it's twenty plus years. That's it, by the okay. way. Okay. Maturity wise, he has no idea what he wants. If he gets the Iron no, Throne, no, he has no idea what he wants. I hundred percent. If he gets that. the Iron Throne tomorrow, a week later, he probably offs himself because yeah. he's so he hates or, or, he, or, or he gives it up or something. He he can't actually get the throne. He wouldn't. He wouldn't know what to do with it. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's the with the Joker thing. He's like a mad dog. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't know what to do with himself. You know what I mean? I love that line. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it's another thing I really wanted to. Are we done with this, or do you want to keep going? Uh, Damon, does he not know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm pretty stuck on. He did this to, to for the reason of getting like the crown. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, or it's just. I don't know if he thought he's this not doing was... this to get at his brother. He's doing this to get on the crown. Uh, that's, that's my that's my take. A, but also B. I do think he is attracted to Rhaenyra. I I I, I thought that from episode maybe one. just because he can't have her. No, I think there is genuine. He like remember he like he does believe in this whole you know having multiple wives. He believes in the old type. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's the line. it's the line of. Pleasure and sex, pleasure and marriage don't have to be connected. He tells Rhaenyra that. And Rhaenyra actually does that by serving Kristen, by having pleasure with Kristen Cole. And she'll probably continue doing that into her marriage. I think the best, like, relationship on screen might be their relationship. Like, the most, like, tension, at least. Is there, there was like, yeah, because there's that was a, that was a genuinely, I was talking about this earlier with you, Alex, even when we were watching the episode, I was like, that was a genuinely steamy scene between the two of them. Weird thing to say. 
It's, but it's the truth. Like, it's a steamy scene. Yeah, I know I know they're blood-related, and I love just, like, whenever I hear uh, Michael Sapochnik talk, he's like, you know... Miguel. Miguel. He's just like, yeah, you know, they, they, they happen to be related, but, you know, because it's Targaryens, we're not going to talk about that. I'm like, I love how that's, I love how that's how he, that's how he thinks about it. It's par for the course at this point. Like, none of us are, are, I mean, at least I'm not to the point where I'm disgusted by, by, on a Game of Thrones show watching Insights. No, I, I, I'm like, I'm also like, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're coming to the. I, I think we knew at some point in that first episode when he bestows the necklace around her that, okay, that there's definitely more than a familial relationship yes. going on here. And uh, we were just waiting for the point. Well, it'll either turn to death which it may, or it'll turn to love. But I think a cool thing that I'm looking at is maybe in the future, she becomes kind of like a daemon in a way where she doesn't really know why she wants to rule other than her namesake. Well, and all she tries to do is please Viserys the same way Damon does. And the separation of pleasure and marriage, which has already started with Kristen Cole. So I can see the similar character, that we're going to get with Damon, we may get with Rhaenyra when the time skip happens. Yeah, yeah, because that's what I was about to get on, because we had episode five, uh, same director, what was her name again? Uh, Claire Kilner. Claire Kilner, she's doing four, five, and nine. And then episodes six and seven, we get Sapochnik himself directing. Uh, Those are probably the action-heavy eps. Well, all I don't know if they're the action-heavy eps, they will probably be, because he's No, directing. I mean, listen, Battle of the but, Bastards. But, more importantly, they're when the time skip officially starts i have like from imdb pretty much confirmed episode six is when the time skip and we get the new act there's been time there's been times this every episode but we're actually gonna get new actors yeah so the we're getting alicent and rhaenyra's yeah olivia cook and darcy carden Dar- darcy carden uh emma darcy is taking over for millie alcock and millie alcock has become a huge favorite amongst all the fans she's, i think a lot of people are going to be sad when she goes uh, but she's gonna like she's gonna catapult the career off this now listen it's not we're not changing characters here it is technically the same rhaenyra character and i yes. i'm trusting in the house of the dragon guys to kind of have a seamless transition and not make us think this is a whole new person. No, in, no. In, not in a way of like her character has changed, but in a way like these actors are nothing like, I, I hope that hopefully they've picked an actress who can kind of take on similar mannerisms yeah. to Millie. Well, also I've, I've been speaking about this with you, but also on the pod, I've been hyped to see Olivia Cook take on this role. As Allison. She's, she's a very favorite actor of mine. I love her in, Everything from small roles in uh, Sound of Metal. Oh, she plays the girlfriend in Sound of Metal, yeah, right? Yeah, to Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Is she the Dying Girl in Me, She's the, the Dying Girl. Uh, incredible actress. She's a really good actress. And I've been... She's honestly, like, other than... Uh, What's-his-face as Damon. She, Matt Smith. Matt Smith. Like, going into the show... You're, you were my, excited to see Olivia Cook. She was. She's, like, my most anticipated to see. Now that we got here, the guy who's playing Viserys is, like... Patty Constantine. Killing uh, it. Uh, Reese Fons, Otto. Millie Alcock is Rhaenyra. Also, in all the interviews leading up to the show, it was, it was always the older cast members. So I've been dying to see them, because they did a bunch of interviews and stuff leading to the show, and I was like... I know I was gonna have to wait a full. I don't think they knew how popular both Alicent and Rhaenyra's actresses would be to the public. Oh, they definitely. And, and they... now Millie, I'm seeing get a ton of press after the fact. Now, and mm-hmm. like in these last two episodes, with Alicent's character, I don't know where we're gonna go. But you said 
when we were watching the episode. Oh yes, that that you you thought that she she lucked out, and no, I, 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 I she was the she, only one winning. She's she's the most winningest person on the show so far. Could not disagree more upon second watch. Uh, well, I said that up until the sex scene because you were saying I didn't one hundred percent agree with you, but you kept saying that you thought that she um she she wanted to marry the king. And I never agreed with that, but Alex, I don't agree with it now. But now, but say, Alex, let me also can you this. No, I don't. Agree, I don't att- agree with that now. Yeah, I know, but every attempt she has made, she has never failed once. It's, but that's, have, that's fine. I have, I have no. I would argue she is still, in terms of success rate, the most winningest person on this well, show. Let me just go through what has happened, though. All right. Um, All right. One second. Get me. Zero friends. They showed us that mother scene to show us that she's, I think, she's not comfortable as a mother. She's not comfortable as yeah, a wife. Yeah, yeah, it looks so awkward. She's not comfortable as a wife. There's Alex, no- on rewatch, did that, that scene you know, still look Yeah, awkward? yeah, yeah. She's okay. not comfortable as a mother, not comfortable as a wife. There's nothing keeping her around anymore. No friends. I mean, it, it is really sad upon the rewatch. She's forced in a relationship with Viserys by her father and by Viserys because if the king says, I'm going to marry you, you have to marry him pretty much. Right? Then she's forced to have two children at a young age, one of whom is going to be stuck in King's Landing for the rest of her life, so she is also stuck there. And now she is just there as a token of power for her father. And, you know, she's a, she's a slave, and the real cautionary tale, a lot of people are talking about this episode, including me as an after-school special. You learn about sex, and then the consequences of sex quickly come. But it's really the consequences for Alicent. I mean, she tells Rainier, I have no friends here anymore. Then Rhaenyra tells Alicent, hey, look at me. I don't want to be this pig. And then, look, Alicent, no, was, I, I, the whole episode is being treated like the pig. Yeah. So now, I agree with everything you're saying. But right now, I would argue, on all her attempts, she's she's three for three right now. But no, not nothing that she is trying no, to do is her own. The, but let me name the three for three right now. I name I, the three I, for three. You're not wrong. I'm on a, I, but there's I, context. I, let, 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 let me just break this down. So first of all, episode two, she sets the goal of marrying him. Well, she doesn't set the goal. No, no, no but she, she she does the actions and she succeeds. She's the, She wins the hand of the king. She doesn't, like, obviously, yeah, she's being manipulated by her father. Completely. Oh, she knows she's him. being manipulated by her and father. And she knows that. Now, episode two, I mean, episode three, she goes ahead. Everyone's trying to get the king to uh, send troops to Damon. You know who's able to do it? You, um, the only person that's able to do it is Allison. When she, she, she makes the attempt and she succeeds. Whenever she's having conversations with the king, she uh, whatever she says always goes, you know what gets the king to be like, you know what? My daughter's not all that bad. It's when Allison goes to the king and is like, you know, you're like, no, of course your, your daughter didn't do this. I, I know her. This is like this. This is like I, she. I believe her. She. He. She says that straight out to the king, and that's what gets him to be like, okay, all right. And I think right now she's strike. I hundred percent agree. She is doing nothing for herself yet, and nothing she's doing is going to garner any happiness. I am. I am hoping that maybe when Olivia Cook gets in there, we're going to maybe well, she'll start playing that's what the I'm game saying. for herself. Whenever I see pictures of Emma Darcy as. Rhaenyra, it's always stoic. It's always the. It reminded me of Greyjoy's uh, sister, Mira. I think her name. Yes, is. yes. And it's always that. I don't give a fuck. I'm. A, it's like Damon as as a girl, right? But yeah. with Olivia Cooks, I haven't seen much. I've seen like one or two pictures, and it's like 
I don't know where her character is going. I mean, after Viserys dies, I mean, she's kind of in a similar situation as Cersei, I'm guessing. I I view her as the biggest wild card on this show. What's going to happen? Let's say it's a 10-year time skip. Let's say. Could be six. Could be less. I have no idea. But I don't know what type of woman she's going to turn into. My understanding from interviews I heard, and it's crazy because also just think back to the idea that this show was supposed to start in its original conception. With the time skip. With the time skip. With the new actors, and they decided no. We get this little prologue. We need of five we, episodes. We, we need the first half of the season to be the prologue. So that's I think that's pretty crazy and freaking awesome because I've been loving the first half. Well, of let's the say that so it's like. awesome. Is there going to be a huge difference between the first five and the second five? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it going to feel like we are now in the real show? Yeah, what the fans' problem is with not having Millie Alcock from just what I've heard. I mean, I have similar qualms are, you know, because just, I just love her as an actress. I've, like, I, I've really um, have the emotional attachment to everything she's doing. But it's it's not about, like, the plot for versions of her character. Millie Alcock plays an assured princess. Like, when she's put in the roles of the princess, like when she's talking to the suitors, she looks so assured, so powerful, yeah. like a Targaryen. And the Targaryens think of themselves above everybody, and I get that, right? But, and she plays that really well. Yes. And she plays that better than like a... I think she plays it better than at times even, uh, what's Daenerys. her name? Uh, uh, no, yeah, than uh, Amelia Clark did. Yeah. I'm like... At such a young age, too. So young, she's like, it's incredible how good she is on the show. Honestly, the whole cast, is just yeah, well, that's that's the whole thing with the show is uh, is I kind of wrote it as a tempo thing where each episode we're seeing you know any second it feels like we could have a civil war break out every yeah. small slight every crude conversation just another piece being added to the uh, civil war escalator but you know we have all this other shit that I don't care for right. I want to see some versatile POV characters. I want to see different parts of the world. I want to see stuff outside of King's Landing. But you know what? Every time I think that we get another Mad Smith, you're banished every episode. Or, you know, how will this affect? There's all the comments on all of social media. How does this affect LeBron's legacy? How does this affect Rhaenyra's legacy? Every moment, how is this affecting his legacy? And the notch is turned up to 12, which we'll finally maybe get the scene that shows us, oh, this is the Civil War finally. But well, I'm assuming 6-7, purely because of Subhashnik's directing. Yeah, Battle of the Bastards, Hard Home, he's done all the good stuff, right? But uh, we'll see. And that's the part of the show that I love. It's the tempo, it's that we're keeping everything up. Well, also, as I was saying when we were watching the show, I was like, this might be one of the best episodes of the season I think so it far. is the best episode of the season. And it was just, there was no, other than the sex-like stuff, there's no set piece. No, I think structurally no... it's the most sound. I think uh, it's it's got the most insight into the characters. It's the deepest, right? And the the ties, how they compared the sex that Rainier and Damon almost had, right, with Alicent having sex yes. with the king and showing us, you know, the marriage is political in this setting, and I, that was all really good. And you know, the Claire Kilner did a fucking amazing job directing it. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, her episode five maybe be as good. Maybe it's good. Also, interesting, you know, doing the penultimate episode, Game of Thrones was always all about the penultimate. Right. So Yeah, they are. But they, either, it's either eight or nine, which is like the biggest. No, nine, nine, nine. So only, only Hard Home was the eight. Was and the Hard Home is one of my favorite episodes of the show. Yeah, that was the only time they decided to do an eight instead of an eight. I've never been thrown for a loop 
as much as Hard Home threw me for well, a loop. I also just remember when we were when it was out, we were like, season five's all right. It was like, okay, okay. We were like, we're ending the season. What was like 30 gonna, episodes left of the yeah, episode, no, too. Like, we only got three episodes left. Is something going to happen this season? They're like, oh, this game is one of the greatest battles of all time. No, and that, that scene where John is is like on his legs and like the, the sword is in front of him and like the Night King's guard. We don't even know who that is at the moment. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And then he just swipes at him and the king and the knight's king guy looks terrified i don't know you just have an incredible scene and then when the night king raises all the men at the end like miguel sapochnik i don't know anybody could direct that episode at the end of the day those other three the other horsemen didn't mean anything right they, i remember it was a big deal i was like oh look he has like four horsemen. it's a four horsemen of the apocalypse You're like, I, was like, I was like those Ooh. dudes got beat by a single swipe of a sword I, come on also you know that that the knife i i didn't realize this was another podcast the knife that that they're putting over the flame the azura top, high knife that's the knife that, that killed the White Walkers. Yeah, I know that. Because yeah, people, people that in I episode was. three were wondering, why is this knife being so casually thrown around? And then we finally got the prince that was promised and all that stuff that didn't matter in Game of Thrones at all. Yeah. <laughs> so it was all a load of bullshit anyways, which is, I'm wondering if that ties in a little bit. Well, so actually, um, none of this is in George R. R. Martin's book. Fire so, and so, blood, yeah. So none of the, well, in any of the books, like the idea that the Targaryens knew. Oh, I know this was never in there, but the Azura High was a concept in Game of Thrones. Yeah, 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 but I'm talking about, though, but uh, a bunch of the book readers are like trying to look back and find like proof that the Targaryens knew. And this idea that like every winter they'd be asking like, oh, is this the winter that we have to fight? Like they, they'd be thinking these things. And that, that that's the one issue. I think people are finally coming to the terms that this is so far away from from really what Game of Thrones is. And I, I mean, the first episode, you can listen back in the podcast, and I'm like, hey, we're not getting Game of Thrones from the show. It's a more small, intricate story that's going to branch out, maybe, but only with our main characters going to different locations. We're not going to see, you know, Tyrion circling around the world in season one. Like, that's just not happening, and we finally, we meet people through that. Like, we're not getting any of that so, shit. So, here's a real question. Do you think, let, let's say this show keeps on going, and they're just like, you know what, let's just keep going forward. Keep going forward. Do you think we can go all the way to, No, like, it's 172 years. Well, let's let's say they do, like, 30, 30 years a season. <laughs> Five seasons? I'm saying, like, could <laughs> Listen, we, the only thing I want... You know what? No, that's what I'm. That's what I'm about saying to you, ask. You know the like, only thing we want. Is... No, uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting to. Do you think we could get all the way to Robert's rebellion? Re- Robert's re- uh, rebellion and the Mad King. No, I don't think we. I don't think they do that for at least another ten years. No, no, no. Oh, you think we need a whole other? But I know that's. Oh, I know Robert's your favorite character in Game of Thrones. I feel like it's a top three. Like obviously, Jon Snow is. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. But we only get like five episodes of Robert. You get, and all of them are all banger, and him and Ned Stark's relationship, and <laughs> you know, I told you the scene I love no, exactly is Cersei's just like of. waiting outside, and like you know, and Robert's just like in there having sex with like eight, eight <laughs> like prostitutes, and like he's just you hear you hear his screams like ah, <laughs> it's like the Family Guy scene when he's like an old timey guy in medieval times, and he's like more wine, more food, and more table, and they build table as he's eating. <laughs> And the, but the problem is he has a heart attack, and the doctor is so far away on the table he can't reach him in time. But <laughs> this is one of the best Family Guy gags. All right, last thing before we get into next week episode: justification for firing Otto. Was it the right thing? My personal take: Viserys was half right about Otto. He sent Allison there to get more power. We know that, but he—I think he honestly cares for the king. He had no 
easy time telling him about Rainier and he Damon. Like, he, he genuinely And they made does, a point to show us that. I, I think he genuinely does care for the king. I um so we were having this conversation also last night. I do believe Otto Hightower has the uh the the seven kingdoms best interests at heart. I, I think he I think he genuinely believes under my watchful eye. The Seven Kingdoms will re- remain safe and remain prosperous. I genuinely believe that he believes like this is the way. He doesn't think either Rhaenyra or Damon are good for the Seven Kingdoms. No, no, no. I don't think he harbors any ill will towards Rhaenyra. No, he, it, it, it's, it's the perception of a woman on the throne is bad. It's not personal whatsoever. Not with Damon. He honestly thinks he's a loser, and he is. No, but but, but yet again, even with Damon. Like, I don't think it's, it's like, Otto Hightower, if Otto Hightower, like, genuinely thought, like, Damon would do a good job leading the uh, Yeah, but it would make sense for Damon. But Rhaenyra, the whole thing is she could do a good job, but she's a woman, so we can't have her on the throne. It loses power for Targaryens. It loses power for me. Yeah, I know we're saying that, but, you know, I think her dad is, because I know we talk a little bit how uh, Viserys is not the greatest king, but in these one-on-one conversations he's having with, Only uh, when pushed w- to the brink does he with, do something. No, I... He's, I, no, he's no, only no, reactionary. No, 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 no. I, I 100% agree. But in these one-on-one conversations with Rhaenyra, you see, he understands the job. What I'm saying is he's a lot smarter than we think he is, but... Oh, I think he's terribly smart. He's but just reactionary. The, 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 yeah, he's just reactionary. But the thing is this. It's like it's the, the hardest job on the planet. It's harder than the president. This is the... The most stakes are on the line. Whatever you say, millions of people follow. Lives are constantly on the line. Do they? Yeah, but that's you're supposed to believe. Yeah, we're you know so, what? I we're wish so insulated. That's the in, that's that, again. That's the, and that's what I'm talking about. That that is a flaw. That is a flaw. It's within. a flaw, but at the same time, like we don't have enough time to have these perfectly structured episodes with five characters. Yeah, it happens. It happens. It happens. And not every show. No show is perfect, right? I mean, not everybody can be Breaking Bad. <laughs> not everybody can be Breaking Bad. Gilligan. Gilligan. All right, next week, we got the wedding between Rhaenyra and the Sea Snake's son. How many, uh, do you think it's like, is it just going to be a few months forward? Let's say it's six months. Okay. To, to a two years, six months to two years, something like that. Okay. Uh, I don't know, what are we looking forward to? Fun wedding? Oh, weddings are always great. It looked like there was some very, uh, there's some stuff that Otto Hightower was doing. I'm very interested now to see what uh, Allison does now that Otto Hightower has kind of lost power, and if she can now... Maybe tries to garner power for him. Either A does that, or B tr- finally starts being the, uh, like, you know, t- doing stuff for herself. Okay. That's like, yeah, I want to... Yeah, really but do, doing stuff for herself could be garnering power uh, for father. Also, you know, because also, something I really want to see is also something I really, I love what they do is when, like... They give us like I would love it if they did the time skip at like the like let's say it's like an it's like an uh, hour long episode at like the fifty five minute mark and they were and they just gave us like two minutes with the new character. I would love it. Well, you know just- the best transition in Game of Thrones history is you get the uh, Bran is looking at young baby Jon Snow. Yeah, and then yeah, you, yeah. you switch to Jon Snow, King of the North. Like I want, I'm like so down if they do a transition like that, and it's like, oh shit, Rhaenyra, like this, like it's right there the second she gets married, and then boom, she's a woman now, and she. It would even be cool if it even happened in frame, like we didn't even get a cut, and like out of nowhere, you're like, 
Oh, oh that's what the, the, the she's the a John, woman now. The John Snow, the baby face turns exactly into Kit I, Harrington. I would, lo- I would, I would that's, also. That's Miguel Sapochnik. I would, but but also it's there. They're also they're cutting. Oh, that's not but, Miguel Sapochnik. That's the episode after. My bad. That's King of the North. That's the episode. I actually after. believe he directed both episodes. Oh, he did ten I as well. I believe he did nine, uh, nine and ten. Banger. The guy yeah, is yeah, made yeah, yeah. of bangers. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he did, because he did the green explosion. He did the bit, the whole explosion at the. Uh, I believe. No, actually, I could. That's be wrong. season. Th- that that's ep- that's episode two. No, that's season, season two. Six. No, I'm thinking of season six. Oh, no. the the Septa Baylor. No, I don't think he directed it, but I I hope he did. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, the guy is made of bangers. Whether or not, when you direct Battle of the Bastards, the greatest fight scene in in, I would say cinematic history. Can you name me? I mean, yeah, you can name me ten other fight scenes big battles in Lord of the Rings, but like there's like an element of fear that goes into the Battle of the Bastards that yeah. is unmarked. Well also you're just they do a good job of keeping me with Jon Snow in his POV. It's not just with Jon Snow though. It's but it, what is exactly jo- happening majority of the fight though. Yeah, but what is exactly happening in the fight? How is it set up? This yeah. circle of men. I never yeah. I never feel like I'm outside of it looking in. I feel like I'm inside looking out, which is impossible to do, I think. Uh okay, you got anything else next week, Ep? I'm, I want to see more Corliss Valerian. We haven't seen him a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm loving the show. Ready, uh, ready to go forward. Um, you know. Also, I I heard this comparison the other day, and it's I really liked it. They were like, uh, game the Game of Thrones show. They're like, uh, it's good until I'm convinced it's bad. And we're on the other side, the Lord of the Rings show. It's bad till I'm convinced it's good. Yeah, like that's and I feel like that's some people are walking in and like the Lord of the Rings show. It's fine yet, but I'm not. I'm not, they haven't got me there yet. Yeah, so Lord of the Rings, the first ep when uh, when Galadriel is, you know, being rushed into Valinor. That's like the best scene the show's done so far. That may be the best scene I've seen maybe the whole year even where, I don't know, that personally to me, you know, you haven't seen something ethereal on that level in TV in a long time. Well, also the whole first like five minutes, the way, the, I just loved all the cutting all the like the, I also I just loved asking you questions like what the hell is I liked this it because it wasn't that confusing to me because I've read this but, uh, but also just to me like Lord of the Rings in general like you know whenever I watch it I ask you like a million questions because yeah, there's always a million questions to ask and that's fine right like it, so much is different from the book because I'm just like I'm just like what explain to me what the undying lands are no but like you can even watch the the peter jackson movies you know i they're they're incredibly confusing i i I still am not a hundred percent clear on the power of the ring you're like we're not getting into that discussion. no no i mean like right he, he channeled all his power in there and it's a ring to control all rings but what about the other like 20 rings it's a ring to control all rings whatever not a part <laughs> no, I've, I've been i've been like i've watched an episode of succession recently and i'm watching this and like you know we watch at least on the prestige tv lines like most of the great tv out there yeah right but like at what point in the next 50 years is someone like wow that's like the shakespeare of tv like you watch succession and it's like Shakespeare in TV, pretty much modern day Shakespeare, mm-hmm. right? There's more dick jokes, but yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is what plays for comedy today. So I'm wondering how people play this 50 years from now. It's like, whoa, they're like way ahead of their time. This is like the greatest TV show. Well, not with House of the Dragon. You're thinking of Succession. I'm thinking like Succession. You, you put on like season four of, of Game of Thrones. You're like, whoa, how are people reacting to this? You think in like 50, you think they're, ta- they're talking about Succession like, wow. This is Shakespeare put in TV. Yeah, I, I I do think so. I do think like twenty years from now, they're still we're still thinking. Sopranos. You're, yeah, you're watching these. I, shows. I, I I think that you know I I like to think you know I I can't 
I don't know what the world will look like 100 years from now. I like to think people are still able to watch. Sopranos, Mad Men, Breaking Bad. Yeah, I like to still think they're <laughs> the like. trifecta. Well, also what's great about, uh, what's great about a lot of those shows is they're really, their value to their point in time. Even, even, even uh, when shows like The Sopranos, they, they, they consider themselves contemporary. Watching it like even 10 years from now, it really, it's like, oh, this is a show about the early 2000s. Like leaving the nineties behind. I think uh, Sopranos and Mad Men will be easier. Making maybe Breaking Bad time wise. Well, no, no, Breaking Bad because Breaking Bad really is a period piece. It's a period piece without without like the explicit period piece section of it. Yeah, you're right. I think Breaking Bad will be a tougher in that section. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think the pacing will make it very easy for anybody. I I I think people still to this day, you know, they're like Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. All right, we're done.